welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm chatting with Mary Alice, a midwife and team member here at Baby Chick. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. We've worked with hundreds of families and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing parenting conundrums. Are you currently pregnant and quickly approaching your due date? We know that the current coronavirus pandemic has left many expecting moms worried about what to expect during their labor and delivery, as well as how to protect themselves and their babies. Many of our clients have come to us for reassurance and guidance during this time, so we are here to share with you everything you need to know to prepare for your baby's birth during COVID-19. Hey guys, and welcome back. I'm here with Mary Alice. Mary Alice, thank you for joining and being a part of this very important topic. Yes, absolutely. I know that a lot of moms, you know, when you're pregnant, you have so many things to think about and it's already a big change and a big shift. And with this curveball, there's even more things to think about. I know. Yeah. And I feel like it's just so much stress and worry. And we really want to give moms peace of mind of what to think about and consider before they head to the hospital or wherever they plan on giving birth so they can feel that much more prepared. So yeah, I think this is going to be a good one and we hope you guys enjoy it. So you ready to get started? Yeah, let's go. Awesome. Okay. So tip number one is to self-quarantine for two to three weeks prior to birth. It's pretty much makes sense. Self-explanatory. We really want to avoid you being separated from baby after the baby is born. So we want to avoid infection and avoid inadvertently exposing anyone else during labor and delivery. So this means like no grocery runs, no physical contact with anyone, just stay at home. Yes. And a lot of hospitals are testing everyone who comes in, in labor and delivery. And we'll talk about that later. But if you do test positive, most of these hospitals are separating mom and baby. And the World Health Organization is looking into and like examining whether that's really best practice and what's best for the baby. But as of now, that is the policy most places. And so to avoid it, just really do self-quarantine. Agreed. So number two, learn your birthing places policies and stay up to date. Just know that with a lot of these institutions, these big hospitals, small hospitals, any hospital, things are changing really frequently. They're getting new information, new recommendations about best practices. And so if you read the policy and figure out what the policy is in your hospital, know that you need to stay up to date with it every few days. At this point, as of the date that we're recording it on April 16th, most hospitals are not allowing doulas or extra support people in with you when you are in labor or delivery and postpartum. But they are allowing your partner to come in with you. But just if you were planning on having your doula, your mom, your sister, or some other extra support person there, you're going to have to make a new plan. There was a lot of talk about giving birth alone. And there were a couple of weeks where there were hospitals in New York City who were not allowing partners in with them at the hospitals. And from what is so heartbreaking hearing that. Oh my gosh. Yes. And the World Health Organization came out and said that it was actually a human rights violation, which I completely agree with. No one really seemed to agree with it. We do know why, you know, obviously for infection control reasons, that's why the hospitals put those into place. But from everything I have read and researched, they have all stopped doing that. And now everyone can have their partner or one support person with them in labor. 
Also, most hospitals are requiring that you and your support person wear a mask the entire time that you're in labor, delivery, and your whole postpartum stay. This is obviously for your protection and for the protection of the healthcare providers who are taking care of you. They also tend to have mandatory COVID testing for both mom and partner, which again, we discussed in the last bullet point, but also know that you should look into what their policy is for separating or not separating babies should you have a positive test. Yeah. And I hate that. I know guys thinking about having to wear a mask while you're in labor is so frustrating, but it's just what we have to do. And people have expressed like, yeah, it is annoying at first, but then you do get used to it. So I know that it can be frustrating hearing all of this, but we will get through this. Yes, absolutely. And the hospital workers just have been exposed to so many more people than you probably have. And so it is really protecting you. For sure. So also, most hospitals have a policy where your support person cannot come and go during labor and during your hospital stay, not even for food. In these cases, cafeteria food is provided, but you should bring a cooler with you with your own food and refreshments because cafeteria food in hospitals is not usually wonderful. And just know that they're going to have to stay with you the whole time, more than likely. And even if you are planning on giving birth at a birth center, most birth centers are also limiting the number of visitors or support people allowed. So you could consider some creative ways that friends and family members can help celebrate you. You can use video technology like Skype and Zoom and Google Hangouts and FaceTime. I actually saw on Instagram yesterday, there's a blogger that I follow and her sister had a baby and she took her kids over to their house and they met the baby through a window. And I just thought that was so sweet. Like you can still go and porch drop off or have your friends come over and, you know, meet the baby through a window. Usually you can still kind of hear through the windows and, or you can call them and chat and they can meet the baby that way. I love that. It's so sad, but very sweet. But it's also (laughs) sweet. And even if you are planning to give birth at home, which is probably the least likely place you would be exposed to COVID during your labor and delivery, even most home birth practices and home birth midwives are urging their clients to think critically about who really does need to be there when you give birth. Which I get that, I mean, for my own home birth, I had my husband and my mother and you and my midwife and my birth photographer. That's five additional people other than me. And I mean, I get it. Like being like, okay, now I have to really think about who should be there and asking those questions like, where have you guys been? Have you been sick? Have you had symptoms? Like you almost have to, you know, just take matters into your own hands at that point. Okay. Number three, our tip is gather the resources you'll need for labor support. So we understand that doulas are probably not going to be able to physically be there for you, but consider using a virtual doula or at least having someone to call with questions during labor. Some doulas right now, they're offering a discounted fee now that they're offering a virtual service rather than in-person service. So talk to your local doulas and see if they're offering virtual services as well. So also be sure to practice relaxation techniques and position changes with your support person before labor. The more that you practice, the more prepared you're going to be for labor. And 
honestly, this is a tip that we give anyone regardless of this pandemic or not. The more that you can do this with your support person, the less you're going to have to rely on outside resources to remind you what to do when you're in labor. So definitely practice all this and maybe make that person like a cheat sheet, maybe some different position changes, breathing techniques, maybe like type out a script to read for visualization. There are different things that they can do to really help you stay comfortable and calm during your labor. Absolutely. Number four, wear a mask and limit the amount of things that you touch when you arrive at the hospital. Especially, I feel like when you're coming in and you're going up the elevator and you're checking in and you're in these more public places in the hospital, we know that hospitals are really doing the best they can to keep things sanitized, but there are just so many people coming in and out and it's still a good idea to protect yourself by wearing a mask and avoiding touching your face when entering the hospital, possibly even wearing gloves and then taking them off when you get into your room. You could have your support person open the doors, push the elevator buttons, press the hospital bed remote buttons or TV buttons, probably anything that's inside of your room, like the hospital bed and stuff in the bathroom, all of that should be sanitized right before you get there. So I wouldn't worry as much about that, especially because it's going to be pretty impossible to avoid like touching the handles of your bed while you're in labor. But just especially as you come in and you're in places that are high in traffic, or if your partner goes to the bathroom in the hallway or something like that. Make sure that you wash your hands frequently, continue to practice good hygiene, and use hand sanitizer once you're in your room, whether you bring your own or use the one that's next to the wall. Yeah, during contractions, just to give you that extra peace of mind if you're like extra worried about anything. It doesn't hurt, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Number five, consider ways to cut down on time spent in the hospital. So we recommend usually to head to the hospital around 411 or 311. That means your contractions are four minutes apart. They're lasting about a minute long, and that is a consistent pattern for one hour. But in this case, labor at home is as long as possible, and that's like well into active labor. So think about that because the more time that you're laboring in the hospital, just the more time that you can potentially be exposed to something. So definitely try to stay at home as long as you can until you feel like, okay, I feel like this is definitely going to happen soon. And then also request a discharge from the hospital early. You know, many doctors are actually discharging at 12 hours after delivery. If it's a normal and low risk vaginal delivery, it's very different if you've had a C-section or if there's been any complications for you, maybe like hemorrhaging or something with the baby. So that could be different. But if you have had an uncomplicated labor and delivery, yeah, definitely ask if you can be discharged early. Absolutely. Number six is make a plan for your older children. You know, maybe before you were thinking, oh, we'll have, you know, a friend come over and watch our kids. And then after the baby's born, my husband will go back and forth. But if your husband or your partner can't leave the hospital and is just stuck there with you for three days or is going to leave you alone with the baby, which might be a good plan for y'all, you know, you just really are going to have to rethink your childcare plan for your older kids. I would really suggest having a friend, a family member, or a sibling doula, or someone that you hire, trusted babysitter, self-quarantine as long as they can leading up to your birth so that they can be available to watch your older children during your labor and your hospital stay. Yeah, I agree. Just like you were doing your quarantine time to meet your baby, they should be doing the same thing. Yeah, I like that advice. Okay, number seven, 
have a support system in place for afterbirth. I mean, you should be doing this regardless, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, you just need to rethink what you were planning. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But definitely rethinking that because you've already had that support system probably in place. Like, oh, we're going to do all of this just like Mary Alice said. But rethinking those things because new moms right now really need the help and love and encouragement and a different kind of support now more than ever. I mean, if you can ask people around you, whether that's a meal train to drop off some food for you, if you have like a cooler outside of your front door, they can drop off some things in there and you can check and they can maybe leave you a text and you can check and get the food and bring it inside when you're ready. Maybe designate like an official errand runner for your family who's like willing to get any last minute items you need and they can drop them off. And if you don't have any close friends or family who are able or willing to do that, you could also use a paid service like Favor or something like that. And they can run those errands and pick up things for you. Yeah. You and your partner don't need to be making last minute runs to Target for the size one diapers you need because your baby doesn't fit in newborns. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Amazon Prime is for. Really invest in Prime if you haven't done that. That's definitely another thing. So then, yeah, they can just deliver it to your door way, way better. And consider making like a plan for childcare if you do have older children for your postpartum period. Like Mary Alice said before, consider having your family self-quarantine or if you have a friend or a neighbor, something like that to really help watch your older children while you're also getting to know your new baby. That will definitely help out. And I highly, highly, highly recommend this. Find some professionals that can offer like that virtual support that you need. Yes, they can't be (laughs) within six feet of you and coming into your home kind of thing. So find a lactation consultant that can help you, a postpartum doula, a family therapist, whatever it is that you need, find people who offer those virtual services because... I believe that just because right now we're going through all of this doesn't mean that you should go without this type of help. So still ask for help, still speak up for yourself, still find people who are finding ways to offer that support, even in these circumstances. Absolutely. Number eight, consider spreading out or delaying follow-up visits. So I know that there are a lot of providers who are delaying or spreading out even prenatal visits, but also postpartum visits and possibly your baby's pediatrician visits. So talk to your provider, talk to your pediatrician about some options that might be available for telemedicine or for delayed appointments. I know a friend had a baby and it was her six-week appointment and she really wanted a birth control prescription. And so she definitely wanted her six-week appointment. And they did it over telemedicine, talked about everything, and it worked out really well. And so there are options. And so see if those are available for you. Yeah. And I love that. Thank goodness for technology. So we're not going without that type of care. Always ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. The worst they can say is, no, we don't offer that, but find someone who will. So number nine, our last tip is to stay positive. I know that sounds like obvious and cliche, but it really is the most important thing. This is still your pregnancy and your labor and birth and postpartum experience. So it still is sacred and special and can be a time filled with joy, even if it doesn't really look the way you thought it might look. So just remember to focus on the positive things and focus on meeting your baby. So shift your mindset to being thankful for the extra time you may have with your nuclear family. 
All right, guys, those are our tips for preparing for birth during COVID-19. To any mothers out there that have delivered recently, are there any tips that you would add? Please share them with our community or join the conversation on our Facebook page where we'll be posting today's episode and answering questions in the comments. We want all of our expecting moms out there to have the best birth possible, even under these circumstances. As always, subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at The Baby Chick. And of course, visit our website, www.baby-chick.com for more.